Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Karen, and this is the Walking Dead cast episode three seventeen. Woohoo! And and we're doing one of my favorite kinds of podcasts. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> I'm just gonna do that the whole time. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't have love... to do with the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> not just. Um, <laughs> not just. I love that we when we do movie reviews. It's one of my favorite. Oh, cool. um, and, and TV shows too, such as The Walking Dead. But I really enjoy it when we do one-off movies. It's mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah, it's so, fun. I'm excited. Yeah, and and uh, you wanted to do this one. I almost did it last week with Sean and Rima, but you're like, I want to do this one. So we did uh, Cargo. It was good. And? Yeah, really good. I think you'd Zombie? like it. Zombie? Yeah, it's uh, Martin Freeman. Which, who I love. And, you know, he's got this baby that he has to take care of and find a home for before he succumbs to his bite. Oh, yeah, fascinating. It's really good. And it's a series. No, it's just a movie. It's a it's Netflix a movie. movie. Yeah, I think you and David would like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's not go over that again because everybody heard me talk about it last week for I, an I hour and a half. I can certainly listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to say first happy anniversary to us because what? July 17th, 2010 was the first episode of Walking Dead cast. Uh, so which up. anniversary is it? Eighth. And what is the eighth anniversary? Brains. <laughs> it's always the it's brains. It's always brains over here. <laughs> <laughs> we probably made that joke eight times now. Yes, I'm sure we have. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's awesome. I am going to be on vacation on our actual anniversary. Just want to let people know um, I'm taking a few weeks off here, so we'll be back July 31st gonna recharge my batteries i'm gonna go on a road trip wow uh okay so a couple of things one where are you going uh and uh two who are you going there with with the fam and we're going i don't even know because i'm not the planner but we're going to uh near yosemite for a while camping and then colorado which i've always wanted to see and i've never (gasps) seen before oh that's wonderful yay that's great And then I'm going to come back and rededicate myself to all this stuff. And so I want to mention something that I mentioned last week that uh, I have this survey for you guys to let me know what kinds of things you would like to see in a service that we do. And I thought of a great name for it. I'm not sure yet if we can use it, but I'm hoping we can use Podcastica Culture Club. (laughs) 
<laughs> love podcast to good culture club. That's great. We wow, we are so children of the eighties. I know. <laughs> We're gonna be androgynous and <laughs> no, it's about like doing things that we like, celebrating yep. these things that we all love, and bringing new things to your attention, and doing it together, and connecting over it, and having fun, and kind of steering things a little bit away from just being Walking Dead focused and a little broader, and also uh, encouraging more of the stuff that's been going on in the Patreon group where the people that have been involved in that have just been having a really, really good time with it. Yes, they so, have. Love all you, any of you guys, if you would just go to walkingdeadcast.com slash survey and do this survey, it's only probably less than a minute and you can help me figure out how to shape this thing. Nice. Yeah. But this episode is going to be about the movie Hereditary that... that's in theaters now I think it's yeah it's still in theaters I think it is yeah Yeah. I just saw it and it it, uh, caught my attention because everyone said it freaked him out (laughs) (laughs) and it was good yeah that's what I kept hearing super strong word of mouth Mm -hmm. through clicks (laughs) (laughs) that's all you heard or clucks for the people who didn't see it yet and maybe don't want to get spoiled, but we just want to tell them whether they should go see it. Should they go see it? Yeah, you should go see it. If you if scary movies are your thing, this should be on your scary movie list. And what if you don't want to be scared and you don't like scary movies? <laughs> Why are you listening to this podcast? Really? <laughs> what the hell? We talk about Doctor Who. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think um, <laughs> Walking Dead. What? How, okay, let's say uh, Walking Dead on a scale of one to ten on average. How scary is it? Oh, uh, compared to Walking Dead, I'm going to have to say it's um, uh, a Walking Dead being a five, yeah. maybe, I suppose, and right. um, Bambi being a zero. I'm going to rate it. for Bambi, I would say. Yeah, there is a traumatic event that <laughs> happens. One, in- yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 Oh, just so to refresh mean. people's memory. <laughs> I'm going to rate this a four. Wait, Walking Dead is a five and Hereditary is a four. Don't you think? No way. It freaked me out. It didn't freak you out. I'm dead inside. Clearly, I'm dead inside. Wow. I, got, I have a whole thing about this. We're going to get into it. All that. right. Okay. But, well, yeah, I it totally didn't, it didn't disagree. Scare me and I or think David. if you guys, um, gosh. If you're dead uh-huh. inside, then you might not be scared by it. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, um, it was disturbing and upsetting. And yeah. there weren't a lot of jump scares, which I thought, I mean, maybe none, which and I love because mm-hmm. um, horror movies rely on jump scares a that's lot. True. And that's fine, but there's just been done a lot. So it's really interesting to have a movie it's, not do that. It's a different kind of scare. It's more along the Tension. lines yeah 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 it's definitely a slow build and um a lot of tension and a lot of things happen in the last act uh sort of a slower middle act right yeah (laughs) but i thought you know it was deliberately paced but i didn't find it boring like i was always nervous watching it and looking for little things on the periphery and stuff like that or wondering if things were what we thought they were. So when it got slower, it Uh didn't seem boring to me. 
Also, it's really beautifully um, shot. Yeah. So well it's done. never it's never less than interesting to look at. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's get into the specifics. But before we do, I think Karen and I both agree that it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. I think if you're sensitive to scary stuff that you probably won't want to go see it. But Karen thinks... You, because you, I'm, you, you I'm uh, <laughs> clearly there's something really wrong with me. So no, I mean that's the way horror <laughs> movies are. Like with uh, Blair Witch, I know a lot of people didn't think that was scary, and <gasps> I did. Scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Yeah, but so this, you know, people just respond to these yeah. things differently. What's yeah. your? So we'll do a top five. What's your number five? Uh, so my number five is that let's, let's do, let's go down that rabbit hole of, is it scary or not? So for me, I said, um, that it, it didn't scare me that much. I thought it was thrilling. I thought it was, as you said, deliberately paced, but not crazy scary. And certainly not a lot of the traditional jump scares with a lot of gore and things like that. So, um, it, and it's the kind of scary that does get to me because there is some paranormal activity, as it were. So I don't, I mean, at this point, can we say that there was paranormal activity? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Yeah. So to me, I yeah, find... Yeah, because, I mean, it did sort of flirt with the idea that, oh, maybe she's just crazy. And yes. that'd be interesting. And and maybe they, these um, witchy people are doing some rituals, but... Maybe it's not going to be paranormal. But when you see her climbing around in the rafters and like. <laughs> That's the scoot- very end. Yeah. Flittering yes. by uh, like Spider-Man across the wall. And and it, there was a scene where uh, he uh, her son wakes up. Peter wakes up and says, Mommy, and looks at the camera. And then you see behind him something Blurry, yeah, flitters it across. Like what his you would room. see on the surface of a swimming pool, right? right. And then you're, you're like, did I just see something? Is that what yeah. I think I saw? Did something and the just glass crawl? moving and? Oh yeah, that was crazy too. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, Ouija boards I, totally scare the crap out of me. Yeah, I do not like Ouija like, boards, especially. I would say if you are sensitive towards things that depict satanic rituals and stuff like that which yes. some people just don't want to go near that and, right hey whatever floats your boat i love it no i'm just kidding i it kind of <laughs> scares me a little bit too it, no. it creeps me out even though i'm not religious it, it creeps me out you know yes yeah but um, it won't I mean, stop I me was, from watching i was talking to david and i said i said to him after the movie what was the last really scary movie you saw and he thought about it for a minute he thought the Babadook was awesome. I haven't seen scary. that yet. I gotta watch it. You didn't it. see the Babadook? No. And I don't know oh, anything about it, so do I don't want to know. One. Yes, 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 I, I yes. You that. should well, see we should, that. Maybe we should cover that sometime. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, 100%. So go we on. I'm cover sorry. that because I loved it. So the Babadook he thought was scary. Also, he thought paranormal activity was scary. Me and too. I said, yes, paranormal activity was really, really, really crazy scary. Um, and I think it's scary for a lot of different things. Um, uh, paranormal activity was kind of scary. Like this is so- sort of scary, which is that um, people are doing really freaky things. Like um, uh, in paranormal activity, uh, this I don't think gives too much away. Um, somebody stands next to a bed for a long time and, and looks at the person yeah. in bed with them. And that is it's freaky because they're filming 
at night to see if they can see any evidence of a ghost or something. And yes. they go back and watch the film the next day and they see the wife. It's the wife, right? Yes. Get up and just stand and they put it on yes. fast motion and she's there for several hours and she doesn't remember doing it. Right. That is not normal. Yeah. And that's weird. Yeah. And and in this movie, at one point, uh, Peter, the son, his arm shoots up in, in class, shoots straight up at a weird, freaky angle, yeah. and then his head starts pounding into his desk. Rah. That's all really... <laughs> I mean, that to me was one of the scariest you know parts in the movie. interesting to me about that is... Uh, mm-hmm. So now we're presuming that you've either seen the movie or you don't care about spoilers, by the way. Right. Um, so if you don't... If that doesn't fit you, either one of those, you should probably just skip. There's some Walking Dead stuff in the news coming up. But uh, he raised his hand and it was his arm or his hand was down at this yeah. weird angle. And yeah. then oh, what I loved is you didn't see his face, but you could see the reaction of his classmates and his teacher. And they're like, what's yes. wrong with you? And then you see his face and his eye, one eye is half closed yes. and his mouth is all weird. But then at the very end when they're doing the ritual and there's uh-huh. like this statue of Paimon, the demon uh-huh. with a crown, his hand was raised up and at that same angle. <gasps> I did not notice that. Yeah, so I think it meant something, you know. Oh, freaky, <laughs> double freaky. Okay, yeah. now, I, okay, that's trying to get a little scarier. Little yeah. There, yeah. I think there that this movie functions like that where a lot of things are connected that you might not notice your first time through. Like, for I wondered if... Uh, you know, one of the first scenes is the grand, the mom's funeral. Yes. And there's a lot of people there that she says, oh, I'm glad to see all you strange people here, which is kind of funny. <laughs> right. And uh, I wondered if a lot of those people were the witches and warlocks that showed up at the end. Like if we would recognize their faces. Oh, you know? I was wondering if Ann Dowd was in that crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I'll bet she was. And I'll bet they didn't they didn't linger on her because Ann Dowd we would recognize. Yeah. But I'll bet maybe. if we went back and looked, we, we could find Ann Dowd in that crowd. But I don't think Ann Dowd was at the uh the the support group the first time. Because she I th- was, I thought. Was she? Because she came and said, Oh, I was wondering because I saw you a few months ago and my oh. first thought was, I know this actress. Uh, you know, she's great. She was in Leftovers and now she's in Handmaid's Tale. Uh-huh. And I think I would have recognized her if she was there. So I'm suspicious because she always also plays evil woman. And so I think she's <laughs> lying and she wasn't there. Maybe she was if you went back. But but I have a feeling she wasn't there and she was just bullshitting. But uh, then um, she was so nice that I started to let myself think maybe yes. she was playing against type. Yeah, right, right. Maybe she's just being really sweet and yeah. supportive. And she's saying and all the right things. But then yeah. when she, uh, they went to her house, uh, like the second time they met, she went and Annie went to her house and there was that floor mat that was done in the same style that her mom used to yep. do. And yep. she goes, oh, oh, how interesting. From that moment on, I'm like, she's evil. <laughs> Look at you knowing. I did not know. I'm like, I did. She's bad, bad, bad. <laughs> like, oh no, nobody makes a floor mat like that. It was nice. I mean, I was sort of suspicious already, so that just did it. I'm like, no, come on. Why would they, they point that out? Right. <laughs> you know? They did make a whole point about that. Mm-hmm. By the way, so I think you're absolutely right. I think that if you go back and you put the pieces together, um, like if if you go, they're, they're dropping clues 
all along oh, yeah. the way. And so I think this would benefit with a second viewing. Um, yeah, it would. It did. I saw it twice. Did you? Yeah, but I still didn't notice about the, some things because I was trying to take notes and that you can't pause in the theater. I tried, but no, you really it just can't. Didn't work. Can you pause it up there? Hold, please. Go back thirty seconds. <laughs> But they don't here, like that. Here's one thing I noticed that I thought was super cool is uh, in the classroom, Peter's there and he's, you can tell he likes the girl that's sitting behind yeah. him, I think. In front of him. In front of him. Because he stares at her butt. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's pretty much focused on that. So the teacher's going on and it, to, it reads just like kind of Bueller, anyone. Yeah. Right. But yeah. the second time I listened to him talking and he's talking about this Greek myth with Heracles and how Heracles refuses to see the signs around him and thinks he's in control. <gasps> but there's this tragic, inevitable hopelessness because he's a pawn in this machine and has no... Um, control over what's about to happen to him and the wow. camera's focused on peter the whole time <laughs> oh my god that's crazy Isn't i didn't even great? put that together well i didn't the first time but the second time i'm like, like hey oh. they're talking about him <laughs> <laughs> and it's sad because i'm i'm just going all over the place i'm sorry but peter i thought was really was really great yes i agree he was so sympathetic it helps that he has uh, a really sweet face mm. and he just seems like a sweet person he and luscious him. dark curly hair yeah <laughs> huh <laughs> yeah he, he's he didn't of, do he's, anything wrong like everyone no. was kind of had their own well i guess steve was pretty great too his dad but mm -hmm. um he he didn't really have any flaws i don't think no until he, he got possessed he tried to take care of his sister. He really did. When she started to go into anaphylactic shock, he knew that she needed her EpiPen. Yeah, or he should have brought it. I guess that was his flaw that, I mean, dude, it was so fucked up that his mom made him take her to the party. Uh -huh. And then he just kind of left her alone in a, in, with this cake Here, full of walnuts. <laughs> yes. But, but that's a typical teenager thing. But I also have to say, what kind of maniac puts walnuts in a perfectly beautiful chocolate cake i love i would love that i love walnuts Eat too but up. i prefer my walnuts presented as walnuts so you would sprinkle some on top maybe you're but a purist in a, but in a chocolate cake i looked at that chocolate cake i'm like that does not have nuts in it so i was surprised when she went into anaphylactic shock no Although, no there was a big bowl of walnuts in, in there and then no it, you could see the walnuts in the cake oh. i thought well, I mean, her whole deal was, I mean, yeah. uh, King Pyman didn't want that vessel. King Pyman right. wanted the mail. And I, yeah, I kind of wonder, I mean, it would be kind of ridiculous to think that somehow the witches, I'm just calling them witches, I don't know, engineered <laughs> yeah. that whole thing. Right. Where, right. oh yeah, we're going to make it so she has to go to the party right. and eats cake and then he's driving her home really fast and her head smashes into this telephone pole that happens to have our symbol on it right right, right. Uh, but, oh but uh i do feel like there was some sorcery involved yes. that let's make it so that this night is unlucky for her in whatever way right Pymonsi's fit or something you know you know what yeah. i mean like what well, i mean if they were I, trying I, to engineer her death that's right that's exactly right mm -hmm. because um yes that is exactly right and uh the gr grandma 
who was somehow connected to this whole thing. Grandma was sort of the engineer of everything. Grandma dies, and shortly thereafter is when Charlie dies. So um, so somehow those things are related. So Grandma dies, uh, King Pyman or whatever, this demon is inside Charlie and doesn't like that vessel. And maybe the and maybe that was engineered all because of grandma dying and then somehow kills off Charlie and then transfers into um, eventually uh, tra- uh, transfers into um, uh, Peter Peter through maybe this incantation mm-hmm. that Annie got tricked into saying. Yeah. Right. I, th- I think, yeah, the whole movie is sort of like the unfolding of this ritual because. Right. Un- were, unbeknownst to them. Yeah. It wasn't just the incantation that she said. I think that was an important part of it. But you also saw this triangle in Joan's room with Peter's right. picture and it just the, the it, Latin it was all a process. Writ- yeah. Written on the walls. They kept Satoni, showing how yeah. the text was written on the walls everywhere. That was happening too. Yeah. Ooh, it's creepy. I'm giving it, myself. It is. I know. Preparing for this today, I'm I'm home alone with just my cat and I was getting creeped I'm home out. alone with my cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and witches love cats. <laughs> one thing that confused me a little was at the very, very end, after the uh, demons seem to go into Peter and he's standing there clicking, which yes. I think means Creepy. that's where Paimon is, that Joan said, oh, it's all right, Charlie. You're okay now. You are Paimon, one of the eight kings of hell. Uh, she's like explaining it to him like he's a child. <laughs> yes. And I read uh, an interview with the writer director uh-huh. they asked is there ever a charlie or is she paimon from the moment she's born he goes uh-huh. from the moment she's born i mean <gasps> there's a girl that was displaced but she was displaced from the very beginning so uh-huh. it seems like paimon was inside this girl but was still childlike right he was nervous he she yeah. was nervous about being at the party so they kind of have uh-huh. to um bring her it into peter and then explained to it's like a child yeah well david hated that part david was like why is there this unnecessary exposition at the end Mm -hmm. he felt like it could have ended when um peter dove out the window and then was dead and then was uh, the blue light shined on him and he was resurrected and then you hear the click you know, yeah. he said that would have been the perfect moment to end the movie. He felt like everything after that was unnecessary exposition. I was surprised by it. It kind of reminded me of, in a weird way, Boogie Nights, because in, <laughs> in Boogie Nights, which was a three-hour movie, yes. by, which I loved with Mark yes. Wahlberg in the porn industry, it's great. There are several scenes that seem to go on longer than you would think. Where oh wow, the normal movie would have cut this off, but they're still talking and the conversation is <laughs> meandering to something else. But it's really funny, and it felt like that to me. Like oh, this is so weird. Like everybody's dead except the bad guys, and yet we're still still seeing the rest of this ceremony. And I I could see not liking it. I mean, it definitely felt odd to me. Like I expected it to end here because that's where most movies like this would end. Uh-huh. But it was interesting to do something different. I thought, I mean, I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was interesting. 
And the music changed almost like it was triumphant because for these people it was. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And by the way, did you think uh, Ann Dowd, the character of Ann Dowd, was in the treehouse with them, right? Yeah, Joan. And she, Joan, and she was not dead. She was very much alive, right? No, yeah, I think all those people were alive. Right. And 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 headless grandma and headless... Annie. Annie were... They bowed their corpses down. I know, gross. Was Headless Charlie there? I don't know. There was was definitely a preoccupation with decapitation in this movie. There was. And there was a head on the statue of Paimon at the end. Was that that Charlie's head? That feels like it should be an 80s song. Preoccupation with decapitation. decapitation. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What now? Yes. Was was Charlie's head on the statue of Pyman at the end? Oh, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Because it was, yeah, I think it was, yeah. I was trying to remember or think, what the hell was that? But now that you mention it, yeah, because her mouth was all smashed from hitting the telephone pole. Which, by the way, the worst death and most shocking death of anything I've seen maybe in any movie. I liked it because you, the girl was creepy from the beginning. Uh-huh. And you were waiting for something to happen with her. And then when she died, he, the camera kept staying on Peter and he didn't yeah. even look. Yeah. And he almost started to say, are you okay? But then he was like, oh, that's, no, she's not. There's no coming back from that. <laughs> but he didn't look. And then he goes home and doesn't look and goes in bed and you still see it's on his face. And then you hear the mom. Oh. Oh, and then you yeah. see the head with maggots all over it or whatever. Oh, God. So that was a great... I mean, the way that the, that they uh, just chose to reveal things and to yes. frame things and the camera movements were very deliberate and uh-huh. uh, slow moving or st- static on one frame for a long time. It felt Kubrickian to me, Stanley Kubrick, yes. right? yes. Yeah. Oh, it was Which the I liked. camera. The camera shots were unbelievably cool. One shot I loved was Annie was walking down the hallway. I think she was walking down the hallway to Joan's apartment, and you see her as she's coming in. It looks like she's walking on the ceiling, and then the camera flips and writes itself, and she's walking uh, the right way. Um, but. Yeah. But our point of view is upside down and then yeah. it's right ways. And they did a lot of those kinds of shots that were unbelievably cool. And that also, was right when uh, I think, I don't know, but it was when the movie was really starting to get unsettling. And so yes, the shot yes. worked really well right then. Oh, it's she walks into the hall and she's upside down and it's disorienting. Yeah. yeah. Um, You're like, wait, what, what's happening? Then another one I liked is um, there was a moment towards the end when things are getting really crazy when it's still night and then they show the house with the, with the hill, with the mountain in the background and all of a sudden you hear click and all of a sudden it's daylight. Like yeah. the light turned on and, right. a, and they kept, they kept doing the um, like Annie builds dollhouses that are works of art that are sort of mini things that are happening inside the house. And so it's like a tiny little house inside the actual house of their world. Yeah. And then there, that house seems like a dollhouse in another world. And yeah, because um, they're yes. being controlled. And, yes. Um, I think one reason why Annie likes to build these miniatures 
is because she feels like her life is out of her control. Right. And so this is her or maybe not even conscious way of having yes. some control over it. And I want to talk more about the miniatures, but I think we should do a couple of sponsors oh, right okay. now. And okay. this one is a new one and it's perfect for this episode. <laughs> I think you guys are going to totally dig it. It's called uh, Decapitations RS. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) If you need something decapitated. No, it's called. Wow, sounds great. (laughs) It's only $5 a month. No, it's called Shudder. And it's a premium streaming video service from AMC Networks. And they call it the Netflix of Horror. Oh. It has a giant and it's the fastest growing and curated by people selection of scary movies they say thrilling and dangerous entertainment there's uh suspense and horrors and different things like that added every week it's movies and also series oh it's it's so cool it's a trove of disturbing stuff (laughs) and uh, they have exclusive and original films they have series they have horror classics blockbuster hits it's all ad free Uh, it's on every device iphone ipad apple tv xbox one amazon fire Google Chromecast, Roku, and Android, and it's four ninety nine a month, four dollars and ninety nine cents a cheap. month, or forty nine ninety nine a year. Yeah, if you like this stuff, it's it's the best. Now I went and checked it out, and I had a great time just clicking <laughs> around and looking at what they have going on here, exploring what's in there. Uh, there is this movie called Magic that I saw when I was a little kid. Yes. That was with the dummy that comes alive. With the dummy that comes alive and freaked oh, me the fuck out. That freaked and, me out. <laughs> and I totally did not realize this, but do you know who played the ventriloquist? Yeah, it it's um what's his name? Shoot, famous actor uh who was in Psycho. And Westworld. What? He played Ford. <laughs> no, oh it was my Anthony God. Hopkins. It was Anthony Hopkins yeah, as a young no. guy, so he looks totally different. I didn't. Oh, that's weird. You know, I didn't know anything when I saw that as a kid. But um, wow, I mean, they have uh, they present it like featured ones, or they have yeah. collections. One collection was called "Schools Out." Dot 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 forever, and <laughs> that one has uh, battle royale. Oh, which you is, talked about that. It's this. Uh, well, I'd never seen it, but it's. I've been meaning to. It's this Japanese precursor to Hunger Games. The tagline yep. says, "See what happens when you let a high school class loose on an <laughs> island and give them a simple choice: kill or be killed." But they have the substitute prom night. You know, just school oh, stuff. Yeah. They have guest curators like uh, Kumali Najiani. Oh, cool! Has uh, his picks: Rob Zombie, Larry Fessenden, who wrote and directed this game that I love called Until Dawn that I've been telling everyone to watch. He's a horror, independent horror guy. Um, they have movies that we all know of, like Stir of Echoes, Dark Water, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Classics. They have uh, things that are a little offbeat, uh, not quite horror, like Robert Kirkman's Secret History of Comics that's on oh, AMC yeah. recently. I've been meaning yeah. to get to that. So that's awesome. All kinds of stuff. There's, uh, uh, I saw Mayhem was on there, the one that, uh, Stephen Young starred in the horror movie that oh, we covered cool. on the podcast a little while back. Uh, 31 by Rob Zombie. That's an exclusive. So there's just all kinds of really cool stuff. I, I mean, I could go on and on. And I know that if you go check it out, you'll find some stuff that, that delights you. And the cool thing is you can do that for free right now. You can try Shutter for free for 30 days. If you go to shutter.com slash podcast and use promo code deadcast. 
So I recommend even if you think you don't want to, you know, um, get it right now to just go check it out anyway, because it's super fun. So that's yeah. Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R dot com slash podcast, promo code deadcast for a free 30 day trial. Thanks, Shudder. Thanks, Shudder. I think we should do like a Pod Save America style, two ads in one go. So what do you got? <laughs> Oh, I've got a good one. I've got one that I love and I've used before, which is Warby Parker. They are a new concept in eyewear. They're contemporary eyeglasses that are extremely affordable and fashion forward. Uh, When I was a little kid, I couldn't wait to get glasses. I really, really, really wanted them because I think glasses are so cool. My husband wears glasses and I think men with glasses are totally sexy. Women too. And they should be viewed, glasses should be viewed as a fashion accessory, but they should not cost as much as a plane ticket or a new iPhone. Amen. So Warby Parker is amazing. Their glasses start at only $95, including prescription lenses. Um, And the lenses include anti-glare and anti-scratch coatings. And for every pair you buy, a pair is distributed to somebody in need, which is amazing. So you can feel good about getting Warby Parker glasses. Warby Parker makes buying glasses online super easy and completely risk-free. Their home try-on program allows you to order five pairs of glasses shipped directly to your door where you can then try them on in the comfort of your own home and get feedback from family, friends, colleagues, a mailman, whoever else you want to. And by the way, um, when I did it, I had my niece weigh in on it. Actually, mm-hmm. two nieces weigh in on it. They're like, they're like, mm, not that one, Karen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were so great. But then they were like, no, no, these ones, these ones. You can try the frames for five days before sending them back using a free prepaid return shipping label with no obligation to purchase. So they're 100% free. Uh, it's so easy. A cat or dog or, you know, whatever could do it. I love this whole process. They're beautifully packaged. They're super, super easy to deal with. Free to try on at home. Uh, it's neat, too. You can also um, upload a photo and you can like virtually try on glasses. And that's kind of a cool thing to do, too. <laughs> I am wearing my awesome. brand new Warby Parkers, but I have other Warby Parkers. They look great. Thank they you. Do. Wait, I'm going to go grab mine. I'll be right back. Okay. okay. I got I got one, too. I'll be right back. I, I want to see him. While he's gone, I will also tell you that my Warby Parkers are light and they're comfortable. And when you get them, I mean, I'm totally riffing here. When you get them, you can go to, if you have, um, there are Warby Parker stores all over the place. You can go to a Warby Parker store and a nice Warby Parker person will fit them to your face. Like if you need them to be a little bit tighter, a little bit more loose, whatever you need, they'll do it. And they're the nicest people and it's such a cool thing. So that's amazing. Oh, and look who's back. It's Jason. What if I never came back? That would be super <laughs> scary. Oh, look think. at you, handsome. <laughs> They're really nice. Jenny said I look like a psychologist. Yeah, you do. I can't see, though, with these because I have my contacts on at the same time. Oh, but yeah. yeah no, I, you don't want to be doing that. I tried a little bit of a different style, thicker frames, and yeah. they're pretty cool. Dude, you do look like, you actually look like a professor, <laughs> a professor of psychology. So head to warbyparker.com slash deadcast to order your free home try-ons today. Choose the five frames you'd like to try on, mail the frames back, choose your favorite pair or pairs, have your prescription added, and just order. Warby Parker makes your experience completely risk-free and free shipping all around. Visit warbyparker.com slash deadcast to begin your free home try-on experience today. 
If you have an iPhone 10, make sure you download Warby Parker's app where you can use their brand new feature, Find Your Fit. Find Your Fit uses the iPhone 10's true depth camera to map and measure wow, key facial that. features. That's really that. cool. You have an <laughs> iPhone 10? Not yet. <laughs> I will. Using, using these measurements, Find Your Fit recommends approximately 12 Warby Parker frames that are likely to be the best fit for your face. The process is seamless and only takes a few seconds. Thanks, Warby Parker. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I loved that she made these miniatures because, I mean, her character, Tony Collette, she's a great actress. She was in Sixth Sense, oh, Little Miss Sunshine. Great. What else? Um, Muriel's, Muriel's Wedding. Wedding, which was amazing. And I liked it because you think she's a little neurotic and she has these family uh, secrets. Uh-huh. but. It's like, oh, I wonder what, and then it just gets worse and worse as it goes yes. along. It's, it's, I think it, it, <laughs> the writers knew that it would almost be funny how fucked up it is. Yes. And, and, and when she's, she, but I'm like, oh, it's understandable based on what she's been through that she's yes. acting crazy. Except yeah. when she likes makes the miniature of the, the accident scene. with the head. Yes. Then I'm yes. like, okay. Okay, that's a little messed She's up. She's like got some serious problems. And, <laughs> yes. and, does, and then the dad's like, are you going to let the son, don't let him see that. What? It's, it's a neutral a, depiction a, of the accident. <laughs> it's a neutral depiction of the accident. That was my favorite line. It's a neutral depiction of the accident. It sounds like something an artist might what? say. Because they got some warped <laughs> view of what they're doing in their head. And actually, they're showing like her daughter's head painting in the blood and stuff. What? What? It's art. <laughs> yeah, I totally love that too. Um, did you hear about? I think it was about six months ago or so. Um, there was a. It was there was a big article in the New York Times about a woman some years ago who created miniatures of murder scenes and uh they had an exhibit in a museum a museum exhibit of these she did them for a police department to help the police department solve crimes so she would build these these crazy little miniatures of murder scenes to exact scale and everything and they helped um, uh, they help police departments solve crimes and also they were using they're, they're still used for police academies so that you can um, so police academy cadets can figure out like can train with murder scenes like scale versions of murder mm-hmm. scenes and anyway there was a movie that was done about it I uh, a documentary rather a documentary about it and um, apparently she was this lovely old lady who just loved building murder scenes in miniature. <laughs> so crazy. And did, it kind of reminded did, did me of that. Did she put the gory stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There would be... Well, you need people a, like that. You need... Yes. Dexters. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you need a Dexter? <laughs> I don't know. Some people might say yes. <laughs> yeah, I meant to I meant to do a little more research about that. Um and if I can find the documentary, um I'd love to talk about the documentary because mm. the documentary apparently um and and maybe our listeners know about it. So it was, it was a great addition to have that room filled with those miniatures and the very first uh one where they zoomed in on it and it was then the the people were actually in there. You know, it was the yes. son, the father yes. going to wake the son up. Right. Creepy as hell. It reminded me of The Shining where uh, Jack Torrance was looking down at the replica of the 
hedge maze and yes. saw his son and wife running around in there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. mean, this really felt like a Stanley Kubrick movie for a lot of reasons to me, but that was one of them. By the and, way, uh, just as a as an aside, um, David and I were at the Timberline Lodge on Saturday, which is the exterior for the Overlook Hotel. Oh, yeah. Up in uh, Oregon. Yeah, on Mount Hood. It was awesome. I want to check awesome. that out sometime. Yeah. Yeah, next David time I'm up thrilled. there, I'm going to go check that out. That's cool. We're weirdos. <laughs> well, that, I know. We go up there every year for uh, Walker Stalker, and there's always Walker Stalker staff who end up going out there to check that out. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. That's mm-hmm. great to know. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I'm among just weirdo you. friends. Oh, no, hell no. Uh, all right. We're just, we just kind of said F it to our top five list. Yeah, but we kind of did. I'm going to go ahead and look at my list right now and pick out some things. Okay. So my number five was um, moments and mood and the mood was really tense right from the opening with this uh, opening on an obituary (laughs) and then it shows the creepy tree house and then going inside the miniature, like I mentioned, Uh and then a funeral and uh, the score was very good. It felt kind of classic strings and swelling. Yeah, atonal and clarinets. And there was this uh, low, almost subsonic pulsing sometimes. Yeah. Like that. Which is great. Yeah. It just makes you feel uneasy. Uh, The old house was great. Wasn't it beautiful? Mm -hmm. I loved it. And it turns out that's a set. They built a set, Mm, which is cool. It was nice. Yeah. And that the click was a huge part of this movie. Just and. It was just something the director thought of to tie things to the little girl and after she died, keep her in your memory. Uh But I mean, A, the girl looks so fucking creepy and they made her face look weird with bags under her eyes and that vacant look on her face. And then the click is just something that your creepy little sister would do that would just bug the hell out of you, (laughs) especially when his mom kind of manipulates him into taking her to the party uh-huh. and then he's looking in the rearview mirror at her and she she goes and it's like fuck man creepy <laughs> sister here but then the click takes on a whole new significance after she dies and he keeps hearing it it's terrifying then yeah it's like where did that come from he's looking all around and then it comes from him and so it's like the circle's complete so oh. that click just tied yes. it all together and yep so now anytime I hear that, it's going to creep me out. Who does that? I Nobody would do that in your family. Yeah, only if you're like mimicking a woodpecker or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, now I can tell Jenny, you know what? We're really Jason out <laughs> in the if middle you did that of the click. night. Yeah, that'd be funny. Because Jenny, um, after we saw Paranormal Activity, uh-huh. this is a little spoilery. This movie came out so long ago. I'm, I, I'm going to sort of spoil it, but... Uh, when we got home, if you've seen the movie, you'll know what I mean. When we got home, I was like, um, are you kind of scared now to to go to bed? Because it took place mostly yeah. in the bedroom. And she's like, you're the one who should be scared. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jenny so much. <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. I am scared. The best response ever. <laughs> uh, when When Annie clearly saw her mom in the corner in the dark. Yep. That was yep. fucking creepy. Yep. Uh, the whole scene with Charlie with the EpiPen and intensity trying to get her back to the hospital uh-huh. and the way it played out 
with the camera yes. on his face, yes. hearing mom scream, and then seeing the smashed head. Uh, when Peter saw his reflection smiling at him, oh god, and evilly. I mean, yep. when we did our creepiest things ever episode years ago, that was uh-huh. one of mine. Like that uh, was... uh, reflection, um, giving you back something different. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that like, would be awful. Me. Yeah, that that also is in um, um, Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny in there though. It, it is. What are you, our girl? What did he say? Our girlfriend just tried to kill us, or so I forget. <laughs> uh, Peter looking around, and, and then we see his mom casually scurry across the wall behind him. Oh God! Yeah, God! Yes. <laughs> and then he's looking down at his charred corpse of his father, and you see her up in the rafters. Yes, behind just, him, and then she gradually comes into view. Yeah. At first, yeah, she's out of focus, and then uh, I saw her though uh, she, right away. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, she's out of focus, but then they uh, eventually shift the focus to her and mm-hmm. away from him. They push into her, and then and, they move the camera off of her. So you're like, what? I, 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 I what? I'm not gonna be able to see what she's doing. And then you see <laughs> these smiling naked people coming through yeah. the door with yep. like glow. And then I, I really liked when he ran away from his mom. Up into the attic where the dead grandma is, of course. You're like, don't close the door, and then you hear bang, 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 bang. And then when they show it, it's her (gasps) with her head against it. That is something like you were mentioning earlier that you just don't see. Right. Humans don't do that. Yeah. Like, forget not only just banging your head against it to knock, but also you're on the ceiling. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That seems wrong. That. A weird circular uh, swimming pool effect thing that you mentioned. It wasn't just, there were a couple different times where you saw that. Yes. Yes. The blue uh, light. Yeah. 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 So anyway, there were a lot of moments, like really good, unique things that are going to stick with me. Uh And I agree. I guess I don't feel as scared as I did after some of the scariest movies. I feel it a little, but not as much. I don't know if that's because it, this movie isn't as scary or because I'm older or what, but I don't feel quite as terrified as I did after like Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity. Right, but right. I still feel in that direction though, more than most scary movies. Um, Did you see The Witch? Did we review The no, Witch? No, I, I, I've heard that's another good one. Oh my God, What uh, you have some good movies ahead of you. Yeah, The Witch, the spelled V-V-I-T-C-H, The mm. Witch. Uh, the Witch and Babadook are both along these lines, and they're great movies. And they're m- way more subtle than they are slasher, and they have to do with family. And um, and they're they're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm should- really not the type to just fill my head with this stuff. I, I need to pace him out. You know, this like maybe a man- couple a year. Says the man who plays that really, really scary uh, video game. Yeah, that's part of the pacing, like the games. But um, Walking Dead on a scale of one to ten for me, how scary it is. I think it's a one. I don't think it's at all scary. That's true. You're right. The Walking Dead is not. Yeah, yeah. People five, but well, we were using that scale. If we're if they're yeah if we're using that scale we're using the Walking Dead scale then of course it's a five, and Bambi's a zero. Oh, I see. I would say Bambi's a two and Walking Dead's a one. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're three years old, that might be true. 
Um, what else? I mean, you mentioned it's a family movie, and that's what I really one thing I really liked about this that I I in one in one sense I do agree with David only in that the end really focuses on the plot aspect of this movie, and I think that's yeah. the part that matters the least. Yes, I think it's really about the other things we've been talking about the the mood and the filming style and the setting and the actors and characters and the family relationships and the psychology of it. Mm-hmm. All of that is what's rich about the movie and the plot is just a device to be able to showcase all that stuff. It's just some dumb. I mean, in fact, it's the same plot as paranormal activity. If you watch part three, it's almost exactly the same thing. That's what David said too. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like, eh, I mean that to me, it diminished it a little bit, not much because I just thought so much of the rest of the movie, there was so much to like about it that it didn't matter to me that the plot was sort of a uh, cookie cutter. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, one other thing that I really loved is at the moment when Annie is talking to Peter in his bedroom and she says to him, I never even wanted you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, you, and, then and that she, turned out to be a dream, but you know that it? that's the truth. Yeah, because then uh, he, he, she she's all, I tried to uh, have a miscarriage. How? how? Well, I, I did everything they told me not to do. And I still had you. Yeah. And, I, and I, it and didn't work, but I was glad I had you. He started crying, like and that. then they were both lit on fire, and then she woke up in her oh, bed <laughs> or okay. something. You're but right. but I still dream. think that... Um, that was the truth and i actually think that's part of the plot that really uh her mom only had kids as part of this ritual that it goes back to the beginning of their lives that's right right yeah that's right and And, her brother committed suicide right right and so maybe he was intended on being the first vessel right he got out of it and her dad her dad died when she was little maybe her dad committed suicide and her mom uh, her brother also. So we're looking for a, we're looking for a male vessel, and um, she wouldn't. And, and Annie wouldn't let her mom near Peter when he was young, but she let her near um, Charlie. Charlie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't even in contact with mom when Peter was young. That's right. So that's why Charlie got to be the first vessel. But the right. plan was to and and Which- and uh, Joan kept asking about Peter. Is Peter okay? Or you got to make sure the whole family's there, including Peter. Yeah, you're right. I I think even that um, Annie never even told her he had a, she had a son. So when she first asked, so how's your son? I'm like, I don't think she ever told. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that, that's, that's even crazier when you say it that way. By the way, I was kind of pissed off because it's all about having a male body. So having a woman's body, not good enough for the demon. Demon mm-hmm. has to have a dude's body. <laughs> Here's I another mean, thing too. Figures. The the grandma is evil. The wife is uh I would say she's somewhat sympathetic, but she's also pretty cold towards her son. True, true. Right? Yeah. She blames it on him that the sister died, doesn't take any responsibility. Yeah. And uh doesn't seem to have any sensitivity about whether he's going to be upset seeing that miniature reenactment of it. Yes. Just uh, so she, she's a little bit messed up. And I, I think that was interesting because that's how we are in our family. We take on our parents' characteristics and she called her mom manipulative and yet she was too. Anyways, the little girl is Mr. Clicky 
creepoid. And <laughs> the dad is like the kindest, coolest dude ever. Yes. And the son is like this really nice yes. boy. Yes. So this is totally a misogynistic. <laughs> it hates women. Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> and women's bodies aren't good enough. The, the demon has to be in a male body. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, it may be somewhat based on actual uh, rituals and things. Yeah. I, don't know. The, I think the filmmaker, his name is Ari Aster or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think the filmmaker was saying that uh, some of it at least is based on um, his research. Well, I, I could go on, but I think we've talked about I, I this think. enough. I recommend watching it if you haven't seen it. Do you have anything else you want to say? Nope. Okay. Creepy kids, you've got a while to go before your end. Make a wish, we'll burn it all above the evidence. Slip away, don't want them to know where you've been. To our third and final sponsor, it is Mac Weldon, which has smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Mac Weldon is going to be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you'll ever wear. Not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They're great for working out going to work, going out on dates, just everyday life. They even have this line, of, they call it silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. So that means they'll eliminate odor. And if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund you without any questions asked. So all of that is awesome. That's everything that they told me to say. It's all true. But I'll tell you from my own personal experience that I have had several pairs of underwear and t-shirts from them uh-huh. they're comfortable the shirts do look good i've they mentioned do. this in their ads before but i wear those sometimes when i'm on stage for uh-huh. uh walker stalker con because they're um like bright colors and really comfortable and they look nice and they fit well um they're high quality i have uh boxer briefs thank you very much and <laughs> t-shirts that i love and i have an order coming that i'm excited about they now have this uh bag this duffel bag called the ion weekender it's a really nice um distinguished looking dark gray duffel bag it mm. has a charger inside a, a device oh, charger cool yeah water resistant fabric um it, you can wear it as a backpack you put the straps over your shoulders <clears throat> so it's kind of versatile it has a bunch of compartments one for shoes one for your laptop and it's got a 35 liter volume capacity. So I'm excited to nice. get that and take it on the, you know, for traveling. Yeah. That's I've perfect. Got, they've got swimming shorts now that I know. So I got a pair nice. of those coming. They're dark blue board shorts and they're quick dry and they're supposed to be stretchy. So I'm excited about that. I've got some black boxers. I'm going to try something different and some asphalt colored crew neck t-shirt with soft fabric so all kinds of great stuff at mac weldon check out their website it's really clean and easy to navigate 
and uh, it's just good all the way around. And you can get 20% off your first order if you go to MacWeldon.com and enter promo code DEADCAST at checkout. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and enter promo code DEADCAST at checkout for 20% off your first order. Thank you, Mac Weldon. Thanks, Mac Weldon. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're... All messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. <laughs> okay, first, well, I don't. I think you knew that they kicked Chris Hardwick out from uh, moderating Walking Dead panels at Comic Con this year. I did know that controversy. So uh, we're choosing not to comment too much on that until it all shakes out. But this is sort of t- tangentially related that they have chosen Yvette Nicole Brown to take his place <gasps> for Comic Con. <gasps> We right, love right? her. Yeah. She's been on uh, Talking Dead a bunch of times. She's right? great. She's funny and she's a super fan and she's just, she's pretty much perfect. Yeah. I've, yeah. So that's great. And so people are like, oh, maybe she will uh, take his place on Talking Dead too. That'd be great. And, I mean, like, okay. But she's, she tweeted out. I will say this once. I am filling in for a friend, which I have done before. I'm not jockeying for a job. I have enough of my own. It is my prayer that God's will is done in the midst of this process and that everyone is okay. My Mm. character is known and sound. Nothing has changed. So I thought that was nice of her to tweet out because I think she's his friend and everything. Yep. Yep. But if they need somebody to stand in um, for, for him... She's right. a good choice. Absolutely. She's been That's on a I bunch of bunch of times. And you can tell they're good friends. Yeah, yeah. If they don't bring him back, might as well be her. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan tweeted out, Dear people that think it's a solid plan to come to our house, take pictures, drive up to the house, knock on door. It's not a good plan. It's huh. rude and creepy. Respect our privacy, please. And you're being recorded. So I wanted to read that especially for you, Karen, because... <laughs> <laughs> What do I have I a history know. of going up to people's houses and taking pictures? <laughs> just random people. <laughs> no, wow, kidding. that's crazy! So people have figured out where he lives, dude. I, get I an guess unlisted so. address. I I don't know. I feel like tweeting this out is just gonna encourage yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like the first rule uh, of being a well-known actor is to um, scrub any mention of your address. But it, maybe it just cats out of the bag. Yeah, they can't do that. That's annoying. I, I know. Bet a, I bet a lot of people because of that. A lot of people probably live in gated communities. Yeah, and Poor security guy. and Sorry, stuff. Dude. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Next, October 13th is Walking Dead Day because it's the 15th anniversary of the comic. And Skybound is selling this 15th anniversary box set with the first 144 issues of The Walking Dead and three compendiums. And uh, each one has an exclusive cover only in this box set. And there's going to also be brand new collector's edition of Here's Negan, which has his origin story in it. And that will have the previously uncollected backstories of Michonne, the governor, Tyrese, and Morgan in it too. And the whole thing costs $200, which sounds like a lot, but 144 issues of The Walking Dead would be like twice that almost if you bought them individually. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Are you going to ask for it for a birthday or whatnot? No. I mean, I have all the the singles. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get 
doubles of that. But if somebody's been wanting to hop on to get the comic or if they're just a rabid collector, I think that day they're also doing reissues of the very first issue and they're doing like a whole bunch of different um, editions with famous comic book artists doing the covers of them. So they're, you know, going to celebrate the 15th anniversary. Can't believe it's been 15 years. Yeah, that's crazy. 2003. You've been a fan from the beginning, right? I have, yeah. I uh, started, I heard about it, and for some reason I didn't jump on it right away, but I kept hearing that it was good. So I'm like, all right, I got to check it out. And by that time they were on issue seven. So Uh I picked up issue seven, and then I got the first six issues in this trade paperback Uh collected. And I should have just went and bought them uh-huh. single because those are worth like hundreds of dollars each now. Are they? <laughs> and I just didn't do it because I, you know, it would have cost a couple of dollars more back then or something. Right, 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 right. But you've got, like 10 bucks. you've got all the singles from uh, seven issue on. seven. Wow. Yeah. And you've got them. You're, they're very, you beautifully keep them in plastic. and Yes, like any self-respecting comic book collector would. <laughs> you seem to think that's unusual. I do. <laughs> but back me up, listeners. <laughs> what kind of an animal would not bag and board their comics? <laughs> right, it didn't tell us. Okay, next I have an interview with hereditary writer, director Ari Astor in the Huffington Post. He talks about some of the specifics, so I thought it might be interesting. They say, how did you settle on King Paimon as the movie's overarching mythology? He goes, I knew it was ultimately going to be a film that was going to be about a long-lived possession ritual playing out from the perspective of the sacrificial lambs. But when I first endeavored to do it, I was like, eh, it's like the devil. I don't know. The devil is played out. I just wanted to not do the devil again. <laughs> Devil's played out. <laughs> the devil's like, oh, man. <laughs> Too much exposure, devil. <laughs> yeah, you need a publicist. King Paimon <laughs> came out of research. That's a demon in demonology. I'm not ultimately tied in any way to the occult. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Protest too much. In fact, the research was kind of disturbing for me, but I also felt it was good to root it in something real. I take some liberties with that mythology. I'm sure somebody who knows all about this stuff would take issue with a lot of the liberties I did take. And then in some ways, there's a lot of very real stuff in the film, which for me makes it more disturbing. If you do read a manual on how to do this stuff, the movie is following a lot of that, but trying to do it in a way that also evades doing it explicitly. I'm not superstitious, but I'm just paranoid enough to not want to actually invoke anything uh-huh. that shouldn't exist. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that neither uh, Joan nor Annie spoke the invocations on right. screen. Right. You did hear Annie saying some of the words uh, off in the other room before she woke up. Dad That's and- right. Peter. Right. Yeah. I won't say those words because I don't no. want to invoke demons in all your houses. Why would we do that? <laughs> it's like it's like the dummies who pick up the Necronomicon. Yeah, and, and just start, start reading saying, it. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> and sometimes on. they even say, "This will open a portal through which monsters <laughs> right. will enter our world." Huh, interesting. Huh. Lock to Verada. Nikto. Nikto. wafer. <laughs> They ask, so basically, point of clarity, why does Annie need to die at the end and who is possessing her to saw her head off? Oh, yeah. Well, literally, that's Paimon, but there should also be a feeling that she's doing it to herself. I want the film and the family itself to have this Ouroboros quality, right? It's eating itself. So what is she doing? She's doing to herself what happened to her daughter. 
there are a lot of things that are being kind of literalized. The fact that she resents her son, wishes that she wasn't a mother, that shadow self is suddenly giving full reign and she's chasing her son around the house. And then at the end, she's punishing herself in a way that's absolutely in keeping with her character. And then as a horror movie, it's literally just Paimon doing it. Like any good horror movie, the metaphor is operating, but it's not just the metaphor because that sucks. <laughs> so that's cool, right? Yeah. I, like, yeah. Yeah. It Ugh. operates on different levels. Ugh, that was a very disturbing little I know. <laughs> moment. Oh. Tell me if this is an accurate summation. The grandmother wanted to pass the Paimon monarchy on to Charlie, but because it needed a male host, that's why it went to Peter instead. He says, yes, more or less. It doesn't so much go there as people have engineered it to go there. They say that and doubt is up to no good. Where did you come up with a (laughs) clucking of the tongue and what does it signify to you? He goes, I mean, it's just a device. It's a device because we're going to lose that character soon, but we need to have her hang over the rest of the film and something auditory is very nice because it's simple and you can't place it. It's not tangible, but it's there. It just worked as a device. I wasn't expecting it to become this thing. (laughs) 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 They say, is it that the person doing the clucking is the one Paimon's followers are assigning the Paimon role to? Eventually, Peter takes over the clucking, but it does continue in the space between Charlie's death and Peter's takeover, almost like it's coming from nowhere. That's true. He says, and he only continues because again, as a device, it lets you know what's going on without having to explain it. It lets you know who is inside of, of Peter. So what else? uh, What do the letters on Charlie's bedroom wall mean? They're part of an invocation spell that's being written all over the house. We only see a few of them, but there are more. Those are Latin. Ah, and then, yeah, so that's basically it. Interesting. I wonder what they say in Latin. I took a year of Latin, but I can barely say anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. In vino veritas, pretty much it. Vini vidi vici. In wine, <laughs> we trust. Yeah, no, uh, in wine is truth. Okay. And I came, I saw, I conquered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Do I know any? I guess uh, Latin? E pluribus unum. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. There's a back to Walking Dead stuff. This is well, there's a new poster out for Walking Dead season nine. I'm going to talk about what's in the poster. So if you guys don't want to be spoiled in that way, then you should uh, go on to the next section. But this is just the poster that they've put out as publicity for the next season. Is that the poster that you the picture that you included? Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, describe it. Uh, it's actually beautiful. It's uh, swirly, and we have Carol, Michonne, Rick, Maggie, and Daryl, and so we, all the like popular top mm-hmm. characters. And it almost looks like they're drawings of them. It doesn't look like photos. It looks like they've been like they're comic characters. It's cool looking, like a cross between a, a comic book illustration and a photo. Uh, really? At least from the angle that I'm seeing it, maybe hmm. I'm I'm looking at a kind of a thumbnail of it. Um, okay. And the the most interesting part of this, I think, the most interesting part of it is, I believe that is our that is either the Capitol building. Yeah, I think that's the Capitol yeah, building. It is, and, and it's like the ravage to hell. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how that happened. Like I don't think the zombies tried to eat it or something. Are it we must in? Have, are we in Washington, D.C.? Is yeah. that what's happening? Yeah. So who knows if they're visiting on vacation or uh-huh. <laughs> or they're moving. But in the comic, they go to D.C. for a second. But uh, it's just Glenn and it's only like part of an issue. 
So this would be a departure if they move there. But I think it'd be great. Do something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, does he do that? Does he go to Washington, D.C. as sort of a fact-finding mission? Like, you know, is is the world really, has it all gone to hell? Or is there a government left? I think when they're on their way to eventually getting to Alexandria, it's to explore to see, yeah, if there's anything there for them and it's just filled with zombies so they don't go there. (laughs) It's just filled with zombies, kind (laughs) of like now. (laughs) And I mean, seriously, like the Capitol building is, is ravaged. So you wouldn't just expect that to happen because it's uninhabited for a while. It would still stand up just fine. So there's got to be some bad uh, stuff that's happened there right yeah a fight yeah uh there's hair changes uh oh, yeah. rick rick's got a, a pretty trim haircut but he's got a trim but full white beard and maggie's hair is pretty long and so is daryl's uh-huh uh-huh uh, uh carol's predictably looks exactly the same yeah and michonne's but, still rocking the dreads but i think the implication is that at least some time has passed um there's a little helicopter over Rick's shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that is probably mm. maybe the helicopter that Jadis was waiting for. Yeah. Right? Or it might yeah. have something to do with Georgie or maybe both. I don't know. Is that her name? Georgie? Yeah. Georgie. Yeah. Uh, what else? So, yeah, I guess that's about it. I mean, to me, this... I'm hopeful that this means they're going to say, hey, let's do something completely different from the comic for a while and see how that goes. Yes, please. Right. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's it for the news. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, groans. So I surveyed you guys about which movie you would want us to cover, and a lot of you said Hereditary, but then when I asked what you thought twice, we only got... Uh, one or two answers back and so i presume that means you guys were too chicken to actually go out and see it <laughs> mads mads <laughs> says he saw it in denmark what does he say he says me and my girlfriend ricky were creeped out during the whole movie we liked it <laughs> he liked me. and then elizabeth nikolaevich says no thanks <laughs> <laughs> wow so all right bark, then. bark 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 double cluck we also have a call that we got a little while back and it's from richie from los angeles hey jason and karen this is richie from los angeles Uh, i wanted to leave this message actually more for karen i just got done listening to your latest uh walking dead podcast and uh you know i was listening to you go on a little bit about how uh, AMC never really gave the origin story of Negan. And I know Jason chimed in and, and kind of, you know, cleared that up a little bit and, and made his case, uh, you know, that they did mention, you know, things here and there. But I have to say, I completely agree with you 100%. I really wish that AMC would have, uh, you <laughs> know, has her arms made in the an air. <laughs> origin one hour, you know, episode that just entailed all of Negan's past, you know, and previous of what led him to how he is today. And uh, what I wanted to bring to you is that although the, you know, the comic book, since I am a big reader of it, uh, doesn't exactly follow the show as we're starting to find out more and more, uh, Image and Kirkman did release a hardcover, uh, about 30 page comic earlier this year called Here's Megan. 
and it literally just goes over his entire origin story. So although it's, you know, book and, and you know, TV shows a lot different, it kind of really helped me have some closure on that topic. And also, uh, if you YouTube uh, AMC Negan origin episode, there was a fan-made trailer that someone had made about a year ago uh, prior to season eight um, that basically took Jeffrey Dean Morgan's other movies and just kind of made like a bunch of clips uh, <laughs> trying to make you believe that it was a Negan origin episode that was going to be coming out that year. And uh, obviously they didn't, and it was fan-made, but just in conjunction with the comic and the YouTube uh, video, it kind of helped me have closure on all of Negan origins, you know, stories. So I thought it just might be something you might be interested in. Um, and I just want to say, I really enjoy listening to your guys' podcast each and every week. And I also like when, you know, fear the walking dead and the walking dead end, because I really enjoy listening to your guys' other topics, such as movies. Uh, I think you guys even did video games one time, etc. And it's really nice. So, Obviously, the show's going in a different direction, and there's a lot of people that are jumping off ship. But I will say, me and my wife, we're big movie people. We're big TV people. We go to all the comic cons, etc., and we see the good in everything. And even though the show is changing, you know, it's a good thing. It keeps the show going. And, you know, whether the fan base drops off or not, we're on board for the, whole, for the long haul. So, anyway, guys, just want to say thank you again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, that's really nice. nice. Yeah. Thanks, Richie. Yeah, good to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I have that right over there. Right, here's Negan. It's pretty good. Yeah? yeah. yeah. So he was uh, like an elementary school teacher? Gym, yeah. Gym <laughs> teacher. I don't think, you know what, though? I think if you read that, you'd still be like, yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Yeah. We are who we are. He cheats on his wife, and then he feels bad about it. Yeah, that we, we do know that, right he's, a, right? he's a dick to all the kids that he's teaching in gym. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and he's less, you know, he's less cutthroat. And over time, so much bad shit happens to him that he just gets kind of callous about the world. I don't know. That That's probably not a great job of summing it up. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch the video. I'm going to go to YouTube and watch it. Yeah, that might be good. It's a good recommendation, Richie. Thank you. Richie, you mentioned all the other stuff that's coming out. <clears throat> There are some games coming out this year, Resident Evil 2 Remake being the biggest that I'm so incredibly excited about because Resident Evil 2, the original, is my favorite zombie thing of anything ever, and this remake looks lush and fantastic, and they really put all their effort into it, so I'm definitely going to cover that. And uh, we've got the final season of Telltale's The Walking Dead coming oh, out yeah. starting uh-huh. in August. And Melissa said she'd come back on and talk about it. So Yay. we're going to be covering that. And there, there's Last of Us 2 coming out. I, don't, I think that's next year. but um, Scary. So much good stuff. I, I feel like I maybe should start a, a video game podcast. Yeah. Because I'm excited. I'm feeling like the urge to get back into Yay. gaming again. Anyway, thanks for the call, dude. All right, that is our show, episode 317. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for coming back on. I love podcasting with you, as always. Me too. If you guys want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. 
I'll be back July 31st. That might be a Comic-Con episode if enough cool stuff comes out that we feel like we want to talk about or maybe something else. Uh, that's three weeks from now, so there, there may be something in between with other Podcastica hosts. Uh, we still want to do this Women of Podcastica thing, but yes. you guys need to figure out a day that you can all do it. <laughs> so let's see if the women can get it together or not. <laughs> so far, no. It's hard. There's a bunch of <laughs> it's us. It's so hard. It's we can't uh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't figure it out, Jason. Oh, come and figure it out for us. <laughs> Anyways, July 31st, or possibly Demons. something else in between. Demons don't even want to inhabit us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, there's. Uh, I want to remind you about that survey. It would be really cool if you could go uh, fill that out. It's at walkingdeadcast.com slash survey, and I'd be really grateful. Thank you. I also will put that URL in the show notes. All right, that is our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, don't get, get bit. bit. Matthew Randall. Matthew Randall.